This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with my friend and colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning once again. Providence Advisors Group. Uh, we're a multidisciplinary financial advising firm here at Pellissippi and North Shore. And our show is called Making Finances Easier, uh, 865-770-5031. If we trigger something that uh, you'd like to dig in a little deeper, give us a call. But first, we're going to start with some really important stuff. Um, brace yourselves. So the trivia question this morning is, Garrett, where do you find your favorite French fries? Hmm. Well, um, I feel like growing up, people always told me McDonald's had the best French fries, but I'm going to have a off-the-beaten-path, uh, maybe it was a 90s restaurant, maybe it was a 2000s restaurant, but I haven't been to one in a long time, but uh, I used to live, if you, you'll have to help me with the road, it was downtown, I used to live at Gateway Apartments when I was in college, uh, you had to go across the Gay Street Bridge, what's that main road out there that kind of goes away from downtown, it's not Maynardville Pike, uh, uh, whatever that Chapman Highway. Chap Chapman Highway. There mm -hmm. you go. On Chapman Highway, uh, there used to be a restaurant. It was called Checkers. I think it had another name that it went by in different states. But when I was growing up, we had a Checkers uh, about 20 or 30 minutes from our house. And uh, we didn't like Checkers food at all. Didn't like their burgers. They tried milkshakes. It was kind of like Steak and Shake before Steak and Shake. But they honestly had the best French fries I've ever <laughs> tasted in my life. And if, if people are out there and have been, uh, you can kind of imagine like a – you remember the, like the Arby curly fries yeah, they used yeah, to have? Yeah. They were kind of that color yeah, but not curly. And they were just long, thick, crunchy but always served hot. I'm not sure how they did that, but uh, <laughs> they were the hottest, crispiest, tastiest mm. French fries of my youth was at Checkers, and somehow they didn't make it, but uh, uh, that's what I'd pick. What about you, Paul? Well, um, uh, it's a little bit of a cop-out, um, but Sandy and I, we pretty much always get sweet potato fries if we can Ugh. find them worst answer <laughs> so so we favor the sweet potato fries if we can get them somewhere that's over not that not that some good seasoned fries like what you're describing aren't great but uh, uh we do like sweet potato fries and uh and listeners you might be asking what does this have to do with investing absolutely nothing <laughs> but now let's transition so so Garrett, um, our, our backgrounds are different, um, um, partly because uh, neither one of us really knew uh, when we were in college that we were going to be in the financial services industry. Neither I didn't, one of us didn't did. even know this industry existed. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, 
my undergrad was in in education. I had a minor in business, a minor in geography. I then had a graduate degree in Spanish. I was actually I, I went to seminary. All these things that weren't really related to finances. You, at your undergrad, was in electrical engineering. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I met another guy. Um, uh, whose uh, son works for Duke Energy, and that's oh, yeah? and you you did an internship there, yeah, right? A couple, couple summers in the early 2010s, I did. Right, right, and uh, it's a really strong utility that, yeah. over there. They, uh, they they've got it going on over there. Um, but what what I'm what I'm wondering is sometimes people ask us, so what do you guys do? You know, what 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 do you guys do all day? How, you know, uh, what 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 keeps you busy with clients? So right now in this little unique season, we got a lot on our plate. You know, we've got this transition uh, that, that we didn't orchestrate, uh, but it's in front of us where Schwab basically bought TD Ameritrade and we're transferring everybody from TD Ameritrade over to Schwab. And so we're having to set up all those accounts. And so that takes up some time. And then we had that wonderful for, wonderful call from the SEC yesterday where where they um, do their obligatory. Uh, every couple of years, they do a little audit where they, you know, ask us to provide information. And, and so um, they always do that at bad times when, <laughs> when there's just a lot going on. But... Um, but one of the things I've noticed in these 10 years of, of working with you is, uh, and one of the things I, I, I really like about our little uh, yin-yang that we've got going on between us, is um, you really uh, know spreadsheets or you know how to set them up. And, and your brain works in a way that you really want to have data gathered before you move forward in other words some guys will just jump out there and figure it out as they go along you really like to have the information before you move forward uh, how old were you when you realized when it kind of occurred to you that you kind of functioned that way uh you know i was probably you know i would say a lot of my tech savviness you know i grew up in a in in the 90s which was really a heyday but uh I still remember, I think it was like 1995, I'd have been about eight years old, and my dad brought home a uh, gateway computer. It was like a personal yeah. home computer. You know, a lot of people listen probably remember the, yeah, the boxes that look like dairy cows. Yes, and, yes. Uh, my dad ordered us, you know, it's expensive at the time. As a kid, I felt like it was like $2,000 or something, and I remember seeing the, the big cow box show up at the front of the house, and it was a big splurge for us. and. Uh, my dad knew a little bit about computers, but I remember uh, he had to go learn it before we could get it for Christmas that year. And so he took it up to my parents' bedroom and locked the door for about a month. As you know, in his free time, he would learn how to, uh, you know, get programs running. But I remember the night uh, there, there used to be a software program back in the '90s. It was called Microsoft Publisher, and in Microsoft Publisher, uh, my dad had printed off on their new fancy printer, he had printed off a calendar that had the days of the week and it like had little clip art pictures in it. And I was sold hook, line and sinker <laughs> on how cool a computer was. So I was eight when that happened. Wow. And uh, 
I remember we got it for Christmas and it was like I wanted to know every everything about that computer and uh, so my childhood was kind of I was I was initially gravitated towards those kinds of things but then it probably wasn't until high school where it really set in what you were talking about where I just wanted to learn about things more so than my peers did Uh, I remember I needed to buy a computer for college and the internet was starting to be in its heyday and you could like Google was starting to get big so I could start to ask questions into Google and I ended up getting to be a member in this computer forum where people were building computers and I just started learning everything that you could possibly know about how a computer was built, what pieces go with what, why they work, how they work and it was really a forum on the internet that really got me into, you know, I found myself for hours reading the forum before I ever bought the computer. And so it was probably during that season where I realized I was a little bit more... uh, Inclined to research, maybe? Inclined to research, inclined to invest more than my brother who went to college and was like, you know, we'll go down to Best Buy or wherever and buy (laughs) a computer. Uh, and, And that really has been... You know, I've had hobbies through the years. I call myself a little bit of a renaissance person in that uh, I I wouldn't say that I'm an – I would actually say maybe in my work world I'm getting to a point where I feel like, you know, I know more than most people about it. But outside of that, uh, I'll get into a hobby. I'll learn a lot about it. But then I'll move to the next hobby and learn a lot about it. And so I've had quite a few of those through the years where maybe it started in, like, kind of computer building uh, there was a season in college where I got really into like photography and pho- like how cameras worked and aperture and shutter speed, mm. uh, where it became a big fascination of mine. And then that moved on to uh, really lots of other things. But it, it's been a trend in my life probably from eight to high school where that started budding. So when did you decide uh, that you were going to pursue engineering? Uh, you know, it's a, it maybe not as fun a story to tell, but I started thinking I wanted to be a dentist in, at UT, and I went down the pre-dental track, and uh, I, I I just found it really hard to adjust to the, the, the sciences, the chemistries, and the biologies, and so I went into chemistry, and it was like people were speaking a different language than me. I didn't mm-hmm. have, the, have quite the background that kids did, and uh, I just felt like I really struggled in that. And uh, when I think I, I think freshman chemistry, I might have pulled out a C or a C plus in the class. I thought, you know, to to expect to become a dentist and beat out all these other small kids, you know, that's that's quite the the bet uh, to place on my future. And I was making great grades in my math classes, and I I kind of had a little bit more confidence in that yeah. area. And so I decided at the end of my freshman year at UT. Maybe as much as I wanted to be a dentist, maybe I should do something that I'm good at versus mm-hmm. trudging through something that I feel like I wasn't. Was your dad influential there uh, at all? Did you talk no, to well, him my, about it? No, my dad was a, has been a civil engineer uh, his whole life. He builds bridges for the state of Tennessee. And I, uh, you know, you grow up thinking your dad's the smartest person in the whole world, and uh, engineering always had a positive. Right. Uh, my house, too. Yeah. And my dad would solve problems with calculators and, right. and you just saw how cool that yeah, was yeah. and so I, I had a uh, uh, a good view of engineering and I knew it took a lot of math to do that and so I actually initially I went into computer engineering because of all that computer stuff that I got into I realized I didn't like the computer science part and then I, I kind of fell into electrical engineering and, and and rode that one all the way all the way through 
And so, um, so in that sense, we're, we're a little bit alike in that we, we both kind of have a, a somewhat of an engineering mindset where we like to figure things out. I know for me, uh, whether it's research on something that I'm buying or it, it really kind of comes in handy when I'm uh, thinking through asset allocations is that, that what I'm trying to do is figure out the absolute best kind of, I'm looking for this epiphany where I really get this designed in a way that's ideal for the client. Um, and so in your case, given your gifting, um, what were some, I know initially you came out of the gate, I asked you to, to, to know Social Security, you tackled that like you did photography and these other things, and you, you really, you know, you, you captured it. And, and, uh, and so uh, I guess one of my questions is, how have you seen kind of this um, engineering, data gathering mindset and figuring things out? How have you seen that, like especially in the first couple of years when you were here, uh, how did you see that uh, uh, bearing itself out in this industry? In other words, what what responsibilities did you have where you just had to bring your kind of uh, problem solving into it? Yeah, I think uh, for better or for worse, engineering school, it, it breeds a certain type of person, and it could be another whole conversation we have. But when I went into UT, at least when I did, uh, you were they, they gave us all the Myers-Briggs personality test and everybody was a I forget what it was but it started with the introvert thinking maybe judging but everybody scored the same way and actually I was the opposite uh, which I was more extroverted at the time mm. uh, maybe more feeling I think I forget but I, I, I don't want to give too much weight to personality tests but I remember thinking when I first started okay well maybe here I'm a little bit different than everybody else and so I think some of that's cool but what you find is when you go into a certain specialty and an expertise, you kind of get shaped by the people around you. And so what I found is that I started shifting personality wise to more technical, more introvert, just, just based on the people that I was around and talking to. And I feel like what, engineering school was great at you know i don't do differential equations anymore i don't calculate voltages and currents through circuits but it taught me how to take something that's pretty hard uh you know you're you're given a a problem it's usually a paragraph with lots of different information some matter some don't yeah and you've got to you've got to give a good answer it may not be a perfect answer but uh engineering at its core is just problem solving taking everything that you can see in front of you and trying to make a discerning good decision out of it and so uh, I guess to answer your question engineering school taught me how to think harder think deeper Mm. uh, Mm. and maybe in a different way than I had thought before where maybe it was more scattered Uh, it became much more about writing everything down in front of you presenting information uh, intelligently and uh, you know I I just I took a lot of notes when I read through social security books I uh, ask questions when I didn't understand. And I remember something you told me a long time ago uh, that when when you're young and I was just getting started in the industry, what a wonderful opportunity when people don't expect you to know anything mm. to ask every dumb question that you think, you know, mm. it's a little bit harder once we get into the industry for 20 years mm. to, to ask a question because mm. we might be fearful we should already know that. Mm. But uh, I think I did that when I was when I was younger. It was 
somebody started talking, I was like, you know, you said a bond interest. Is that monthly, quarterly? How do bonds pay out? And mm-hmm. so you just get good good information mm-hmm. from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I felt like, you know, I still try to do it. But in those early years, I asked lots of questions, took notes, and mm-hmm. I referred to those notes. Yeah. So uh, so give me an example uh, uh, about how your problem solving how your kind of engineering mindset not not your college uh, training in terms of the how to solve math problems necessarily but in terms of uh, kind of your gifting because see here's what i know behind the scenes is that really your makeup is you're really kind of the quintessential advisor what do i mean by that well you're not only do you have the you know the 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 mental the the brain power to be able to solve problems but you also you're you you have a you know warm personality you know people trust you you're you're just uh you know you're just a a good guy to work with um and so in the financial industry you've got to have people uh that you trust you know if 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 a like if any of our listeners were going to work with somebody, even if it wasn't us, clearly it would have to be somebody that they trust mm-hmm. because they're making decisions that are, that are you know, really influential uh, relative to their finances. And so, um, so what are some ways that you feel like you're, uh, you're using uh, the way that you're wired uh, on a you know on a weekly basis around here yeah i would say well my non-controversial take i think for anybody listening to the radio show and that comes up with the term engineer most of them are like no personality uh, <laughs> don't want to talk to them yeah. kind of geeky yeah and actually i'm right there with you uh going to engineering school it's funny how long that stereotype gets kind of attached to your name Mm -hmm. oh you're an engineer you must know how to build everything well no that's not (laughs) really how it works but uh, uh, engineers can be great at getting right answers uh, but terrible communicators and I think if you just piled up a thousand of them a lot of them would be really good problem solvers and a lot of them would not be the greatest at communicating that to you in an easy to understand way and so to answer your question uh engineering on a weekly basis it it taught me how to get a better answer Mm. i I feel like if you put Mm. me in a room with Mm. other advisors Mm. i'm probably gonna read a little bit deeper i'm gonna ask questions that Mm. maybe not everybody Mm. gets to and some of that can slow you down it's like it's not always a blessing but but it's not a race either so it's usually pretty helpful at least that's been my experience with you but usually i'll go deeper than the average person before i move to an answer but you know I, i mentioned photography i i don't I don't actually do that anymore, and I don't do like you think wedding photography and family. That, that wasn't me. It was more the the technical side. But one thing that's interesting about photography is that when you take a when you take a picture, every part of the picture matters. A lot of times, you hand a camera to somebody, they'll take a picture of your family, and an un uh, uh, unprofessional photographer doesn't care what the background looks like or if there's somebody's hand that's cut off. And uh, one of the things I think I value is uh, and i've said before is form and function and so uh i've had people before they built a giant spreadsheet and they give it to me 
and they want me to read and interpret their spreadsheet. And sometimes it's like this undercover way of, hey, look at this amazing thing I built and how complicated it is. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I think yeah. earlier in my career, it'd be like, you know, I built this spreadsheet, Paul, look what it can do. Yeah. And it wasn't so much about the answer. It was more, look at how. This is my thing. Look what I've been. And so you'll see that a lot with people that build spreadsheets as they want to share their spreadsheets. And uh, I, I think I've gotten to a point in my career where I don't, I don't care if you ever see my spreadsheet. The spreadsheet is kind of my, my second brain that I'm, that I'm learning and that I'm thinking through. Uh, but the beauty is when you can take that that hard work in the spreadsheet that helps you think and get a better answer, but then put your final results on a whiteboard or a dry erase board in a table format that's easy for anybody to understand so that they don't have to go through all your math and calculations, mm-hmm. but, in, mm-hmm. but instead can say, I like that option. That's all they're there for, for the most part. They aren't there for the, the journey of your calculations. Yeah, that, making finances easier. That's what you're talking about. Making the complex more simple, more understandable, so the uninitiated can say, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, you can have something really pretty that people can understand that makes absolutely no sense and is totally wrong. You can have something that's incredibly right, a divine solution, but if you can't read the spreadsheet, you aren't going to have any help. And so, uh, you know, that first appointment we had just just recently was, uh, you know, first we analyzed their situation, then uh, uh, we showed some recommendations what we would do. They decided to come on board. We then are actually still in the process of bringing everything over. We had really that first dust settling appointment, we call it, when they come in, we, we, you know, we, we show them, okay, here's what everything looks like. So they had accounts all over the place, and we, we've got them now in four different kinds of money, really four different strategies. It's so much simpler. But we're still working on, uh, you know, the, the, the gains and the non-qualified account that we kind of set to the side because we want to be careful about, about their taxes. And, and so little by little, we're solving the problems as they come along. So rather than trying to solve everything before, you know, things even come over, we're solving problems as they come up mm-hmm. and we're trying to, as with with the priority list kind of checking off things as as they happen and so uh i think you you've you've really done a good job with that um well anyway uh, i uh we're pretty much out of time today any, any final thoughts or no i uh, got a spreadsheet to get back to <laughs> 865-770-5031 making finances easier you guys have a good saturday Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All 
ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.